0: To A new roadblock, it's fake democracy. We go going up the wrong way. We're going to have to stop. Creaming soft, a secret boss. They can't expose them all. We go in up the wrong So, welcome to Cakewatch episode. Two or three? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I think we need to start the numbering again. I, I think agree the pilot has to be
1: episode one. I think you're right. We have to recalibrate. we made a mistake. I'm, there. I'm sorry, everybody. This is episode three of Cake Watch. That's officially episode three of Cake Episode two never happened. Well, it did, but it wasn't called no, episode two. I think it's too late to renumber it. <laughs> no, just look. Look, this is episode three. This is Episode right? three. Just this is episode three. Because
0: people keep asking me of the when I was promoting episode one, which was episode two. Because we had a pilot. People kept saying, yes, I've listened to episode we one. We didn't think
1: this through, did we? I've
0: listened to episode one. When's the next episode out? And I was like, yeah. it's, it's out. And they said, no, no, I've listened to episode one. Yeah. And of course, they hadn't I listened to the pilot. So. This is a bit Brexit,
1: isn't it? We just didn't really think it through.
0: No, absolutely. But I think it ties it together nicely with your points last week about uh, people people's different understanding of the same language.
1: You're right. That's true. Back to the intro, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, welcome to episode three of Cake Watch. My name is Chris Kendall. I am a European official um, and a diehard Europhile. Um, and um, yeah, that's me. And Steve. Uh, my name's Steve Bullock. I am
0: a self-employed uh, musician, recording studio owner, this recording studio, in
1: fact, um, and anti-breakfader. And here is where I enter my disclaimer. I'm here in a strictly personal capacity. Strictly personal, not representing my employer. Though I, I happen to love my employer, and that's why I'm so anti-Brexit. I
0: was just going to say, do we still have to do the why we call Cakewatch thing, or can we take that as red now?
1: Let's do it. Let's, let, let's tell everybody why we call Cake Watch. We yeah. call Cake Watch because um, cakeism is a thing. Cakeism, the philosophy um, of Boris Johnson, who um, believes that we should have our cake. And eat it. Uh, this this is this is stupid, and I don't like it. And Steve, you don't like it either. I don't so like what, it at all. What no. we thought is we would uh, we would get together and talk about examples of cakeism, calling it out, um, highlighting with it regard is, to
0: Brexit almost exclusively.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's pretty much a Brexit-based cake thing. Yeah. Um, I
0: was actually thinking about this phrase the other day, though. It should be have your cake and. And still have the cake to yeah, eat it again it you eat want. your cake and have it, not it? It's not actually a very clear... No,
1: I've it, always thought that. You're it's right. not
0: actually a very good... It should be eat your cake and have it. Eat your cake and still have it. Yeah,
1: not have your cake and eat it. Because of course you have your cake and then you eat it.
0: Otherwise you couldn't eat it. Well, you could... Well, No, but at some point it has to come into your possession in the eating process. Do you know what we should do? So you could do? not have your
1: cake and eat it. We should... You know what we should do? We should look at how other languages handle that particular concept. Because I, I remember seeing the other day how the French did, and of course I've completely forgotten how it how it is, but it made a lot more sense. Can you
0: remember in German, didn't you tweet something about how yeah, it? Yeah I German? did. I can't
1: remember that either. I feel like you're extroverted. Yeah extroverted is is, is 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 perfect. There'll be
0: no extrovert.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's a long tradition um, of um, extra sausage for the for the British. The British want their extra sausage. Um, and they got it at, the, at Fontainebleau with the with Ma- uh, Margaret Thatcher's abatement, and they've had it um, on many other occasions since, uh, culminating in the fantastic slice of extroverse that um, David Cameron negotiated and came back with, and completely missold to the British public, leading to a referendum defeat and the current Mad Max style dystopia in which we find ourselves. Yeah. So that's yeah. Kate, that's cake Quar- That's why we and and of course. Crime Watch, you know, Cake Watch, Spring Watch.
0: I've no, I still, no. I still, still, I always thought it was a play on Spring Watch. I didn't think Crime Watch at all. It Crime was, Watch. Every yeah. other person thinks Crime Watch. I'm the only person who thought Spring yeah. Watch. But that's because I think of the desire to think about Kate Humble.
1: Well, well, that's I, 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 I commend too, you I on that, and I don't blame you at all. But if you look at the font that I've used on the little graphic, it's yeah, for the no, podcast I, logo. I didn't get that. It's the Crime Watch. Font. Yeah, I, d- I tried to do the little horizontal bars too, but I, I, I didn't. There like, aren't, squ- aren't any squirrels in the picture
0: either, <laughs> so it's completely non-cake one. Uh, Springwatch. I spring. actually had. A, I actually, if you don't, I just remembered while you were speaking that that I did uh, uh, a cake-related tweet in response to Stephen Peers, which we were going to talk about anyway. For so may as well talk about it now. In response to Stephen Peers' uh, dissection of the Theresa May and Boris speeches, yes. this week. Which was a, a mammoth and ext- tour de force. To ext- and a tour de force, absolutely. But what Steve Pierce did, which I found really, really remarkable, is that he wrote the security treaty. Yes. <laughs> incredible. Which is amazing. Just outstanding. And as someone who's been involved in EU legislation, <laughs> I think that would do fine. I didn't see any yeah. I didn't see any glaring problems just with go it. Home. But we should send it to J.C. Pearce and see if he thinks it would get past the Council Legal Service. And if he says yes, then really, I mean that's job done, right? I mean that's amazing. Well, let's not talk about it, and you no, know, maybe you know, let's just, yeah. But anyway, but the one thing that Steve didn't do, um, partly because he'd written uh, an incredibly detailed bit of bit of work that was very serious, with some gags in place as well. What he didn't do, is he didn't do the preamble, and I always love the preamble <laughs> to these little. Yeah, they? they are absolutely fantastic <laughs> because you can you can really see. You can really see where people were bought off with a, with a little oh, mention in the preamble for something so, that they thought was serious, you know.
1: Yeah, and they can be so passive aggressive as well. Oh,
0: oh yeah, love it. Well, speaking of which, I wrote very brief, uh, a very very brief bit of preamble for Steve's oh for Steve's security treaty. Uh, you, you, you you sound
1: as if you had done some prep for this podcast, Steve. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're well, going to make me look awful. Well, Go not on.
0: really, because I only remembered that I tweeted those to Steve Pearce. I only remembered while you were speaking just there. So, um. So my, my bit of the preamble that I wrote is... You can't see it, but the, there's a tradition that the sort of first word or phrase of the... of The, the whereas's. The whereas is in capital letters as yes. well, to make it... To, which I think can only be to mislead about the sender, sense of the sentence, because the first phrase is also the least important part of it. is yeah. so, it called the recitals, folks. Recitals, exactly, not preamble. Recitals is the correct word. <laughs> um, so... So I'm going to, I'll am gonna. read the first word or phrase as, as if it were in capital letters. I'm not just shouting randomly. That's why I wanted to ex- explain it. Whereas the question of the finite nature of cake remains unresolved by the parties to the treaty, taking into account the non-security-related nature of cake, resolving to address cake questions fully as part of the agreement on a future relationship, the parties have decided the following.
1: Very good. Thank I you. Applaud, I applaud you, Steve. <laughs> and I wish I'd written it myself.
0: It also wasn't quite as funny as I remembered, so we might not include that.
1: How about we talk about something
0: that we've talked about between ourselves quite a lot anyway, which is security-related, but is actually the, the the effect of Brexit on the UK's influence yes. on foreign policy and the uh, the UK's position in the world and, and so on. Foreign policy and the EU EU's role in it and the UK's role in EU foreign policy, I think is something that's really misunderstood, Chris.
1: It's understood within... The foreign policy community, the EU membership is a massive multiplier and a massive asset. This allows the UK but also the other EU member states to punch above their weight in foreign policy terms. Even if the EU collectively lacks some of the traditional foreign policy instruments that the Americans and the Russians and the Chinese have, yeah. nevertheless, it uh, we have um, a huge amount of influence on the global stage, in all sorts of areas, um, people talk a lot about our soft power, our normative power, and this is this is tremendously important. So the foreign policy community knows about all this, and of course, our
0: um I like I likened it to a to the UK being the UK being a forty watt a forty watt fender amplifier, and uh, the EU being a math of hundred watt Marshall that the UK hooks who hooks into, you know. So it's it's an amplifier it's an amplifier of foreign policy.
1: You're being a bit of a nerd, Steve, but oh. I, I think I understand what it is that you're saying. Niche. <laughs> We're going niche. <laughs> yeah. And um it is tremendously frustrating to um foreign policy practitioners um in the EU and in the national capitals too, I think in the Foreign Office too, that um people that this is not something that's generally discussed or acknowledged. And certainly, you know, this didn't come up much at all in the referendum. Uh, it should have done, but it didn't. And, and in fact, the contrary. People were talking about how Britain would win back prestige and somehow win back global influence if it were outside the EU. Well, it Therese, makes no sense well, at all.
0: Theresa May even said in her, in her speech in Munich that the UK would... The UK would have an independent foreign policy because the European the UK did have an independent foreign policy. It's just sometimes it was called a, it
1: sometimes it was the UK's policy and the EU's policy. The UK has and had an independent foreign policy and used its EU membership Precisely. to leverage it and to extend it beyond where it might have got without yeah. EU membership. And, the, and there's almost just in terms of competences, there's almost nothing that the UK couldn't do except
0: sanctions because it was. Because it was in the EU into foreign policy terms. Right. But of course, I mean, it could start
1: an illegal war in Iraq, (laughs) for example. Yeah. 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 It could do that. And of course, sanctions. Sanctions. (laughs) Sanctions. Let's talk about sanctions. Let's talk about sanctions. Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, sanctions, the British are by far the most active um, proponents and and, and exponents of EU sanctions policy and have used EU sanctions policy. To deliver just way more reach than they could have done independently. Uh, so much of it has been um, prompted and pushed by the E by the UK, um, and and you know winning obviously the support of the other EU twenty seven to uh, to impose sanctions and 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 use the EU's enormous economic leverage to pursue UK foreign policy objectives. So. So, EU sanctions policy as an arm of of, of, of British foreign policy... As a massive success. Just, 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 yeah, massive success and really shouldn't be underestimated. And also, on, the, on,
0: on those issues, the EU, um, as far as it possibly can, where there's agreement, moves together in, mm. in a formation at the UN as well. Yeah. So, that's two members of the UN Security Council, which are moving in concert, mm. and then 27 members of the UN... Yeah, who are often who are often move, moving and, on constantly in, know, in you, these I, issues. I,
1: I've worked previously with Americans and Canadians and and, and other, you know, and they, they they get really annoyed about this. They, oh yeah, they think they, it's un, they think they it's unfair. Don't they think like it. Yeah, they think the it's, like it. it's, it's cheating. It's totally cheating. cheating. Yeah. You, you get so many votes in international bodies, and and you know, and I mean, you can see their point. But mm. this is why they 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 they're laughing at the, the UK walking away from this position of power. I mean, they just can't believe it, what the UK is doing.
0: Yeah, so moving on to, to, to
1: the effect of Brexit on that, well, I mean, me, it's we basically leave... pissing, pissing on your chips massively. Yeah, oh. before, yeah exactly. Before we leave sanctions, um, the point I'm trying to make is that when 28 countries act collectively to impose sanctions on a third country, denying their enormous market, Denying access to their enormous market and financial services, very importantly as well, that has so much more impact than one country, however big or not, than one country. So imposing the same sanctions when nobody else is. So, for example, if um, uh, if Russia is exporting, I don't know what um, tractors, tractors and um, it, it it's it's exporting uh, I don't know a, a huge amount of tractors to the EU market, and that suddenly stops. That's going to impact the Russian economy way more than um, its exports of tractors to one member state. And I, I used to work sized.
0: I used to work on Belarus in the Commission, and the the sanctions that really got to them were travel bans. Because mm. you can say, okay well often you're sanctioning a, you're sanctioning a government that doesn't give a shit about its population anyway, so you know a bit of unemployment and poverty for somebody in uh, uh, tursk isn't really going to bother mm. putin but actu- but a travel ban.
1: Yeah, they. So you that. can't
0: go shopping in Vienna or Paris.
1: It's or London was the same thing, wasn't
0: it? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. They, hated that. they really, and in Belarus, they absolutely, mm. they absolutely hated it. In Belarus, mm. And Belarusian, because it was only high level officials who had a mm. travel ban, yeah, high level officials were giving massive bundles of money to junior officials to go to Vienna to, to, yeah. to buy stuff, you know? But also the, also the asset freezes as well. I mean, we live, we live in a world where money, just move, money moves around very, very freely. Um, and therefore people put their money in uh the places where it happens to be mm. most convenient or most profitable to do it. Which essentially mean means London, Paris, Frankfurt. Yeah. And also the EEA countries are always invited the EEA countries, enlargement countries, and actually I think the countries of the European neighbourhood are also invited to join in.
1: Well that's the other thing which is exactly. so, so, it, so it
0: amplifies it. Even exactly. beyond the EU, very very quickly, before. well beyond the EU, yeah,
1: um, because all of our um, associated countries um, tend to join in um, on on these things, and and that does give us an enormous amount of clout internationally on these things, enormous. And the UK's just walking away from that, and you know it's walking away not from um, n- not not simply from being one of the gang, but but from being pretty much, you know, without overstating it, the UK's influence on this yeah. was enormous. I mean, and and I say it, was because we're already talking past. Yeah, but it's I mean, enormous it. influence over what the EU did in these areas. I know
0: absolutely. And I mean, I think there's even a, even a wider point to be drawn for it. I mean, I have a Spanish friend um, who is culturally, uh, culturally an Anglophile. Um, you know, loves, uh, loves British music and you know all this kind of stuff. But but institutionally, she gets she gets very annoyed. How you know she's said all along? How come the UK just throws its toys out the it, toy out the pram? And countries that are roughly the same size as it, or only a little bit smaller than it, have to go along with it. But they don't get to do the they don't get to do the same thing. And I think that you know the thing that we draw from this is that the UK has had a bespoke deal all along. Some of it written down, some of it not, some of it uh, some of it de facto. Uh, in that it does have it does have a slight it does have a disproportionate influence on 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 EU foreign policy and this extends into into other areas as well not just the formal opt-outs and so on so.
1: yeah in, in indeed um it, it its exceptionalism has been almost self-fulfilling i mean, it, <laughs> I mean uh, I, <laughs> yeah. where, where you know, this where do we go with all of this i mean the the british so so we hear a lot about here we, we hear a lot from the Braxists about you have got to believe it You've got to believe in you've got to believe in a manif- the manifest destiny of the manifest UK, be, you know, yeah. and 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 the point is there's an element of truth in all of that sort of massive arrogant cockiness. You know that you believe in it, and, and, and it's sort of. So but we've, then been you spo- we've been
0: so We've been yeah. So we've been spoiled by it. I mean, this, is yeah, my, this is my, I sp- this is my Spanish ec- yeah. colleague and friend's point. Is that we've been spoiled? Yeah. by we didn't. We didn't actually know what we.
1: We didn't know yeah. what we had here. Took it for granted. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and took it as something that was 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 ours by right. What we're doing here? So today I tweeted with the hashtag Great Leap Backward, <laughs> 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 and um, Brexit being the Great Leap Backward as proposed by our Maoist leaders. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not going to be a Great Leap Backward. Glorious it's...
0: <laughs> glory of program for glorification yeah. and glorious government.
1: What, what we're really doing, yeah, the, the great cultural revolution that is being pushed by our, our dear leaders um, won't actually result in a big bang, great leap backward. It will be, I mean, what we're doing here, Steve, is we are raging against the dying of the light and it will slowly continue to dim.
0: Well, I mean, I, there, will be, there will be some big bang aspects of it. There will be, yeah. you know, the first year... Um, you know there will be factory closures in the first year there will be massive going to be. there is going to be there is going to be but but, but, there's there's an
1: area where it's just it's a massive shame there was a very good there was a very good analysis and I can't remember who did this there was a very good piece of analysis that I remember reading uh, a little while ago where um, it was it was argued I think very convincingly that what the UK's EU membership has done is mask a lot of its post-colonial decline so what we were in a very we were in, in a very parlous state when finally uh, De Gaulle relented and we got ourselves in uh, and, and and what if you, if you look at the UK's economy and you've, you know, other much more difficult metrics to track um, we we our decline post war decline was halted and then reversed yep. by our EU membership and that prop has been is being taken away. And so, and the you know, reality
0: exposed by it. You yeah. Know, the reality
1: yeah. of the UK as a medium sized um, international player. I mean, look, <laughs> we are often accused of doing our country down, and I, I, I don't want to do our country down. I mean, I, you know, believe it or not, I genuinely do have. Strong attachment and affection for my con- the yeah, country. Yeah, of my absolutely.
0: Birth. Actually, it's the, it's the effect that this will have on my country that makes yes. me annoyed about yes. it. Yeah, if I didn't and give a shit, I would. Yeah. I would just it's play guitar that instead. It's not I
1: want my country to be uh, to be shit, but not, you know, the point is, I, I'm, my my identity as British and my affection for my con- the country of my birth is not contingent upon it being better than everybody else or exceptional. Uh, yeah. But the point, the point, Steve, is that we as British people and as Europeans um, can be proud of the role that the UK has played in taking forward EU policy in these areas. I'm mean, I'm proud both as a European and as a Brit um, at what we've achieved and at what the UK has been able to um, bring to the bring to this party. Yep. I mean, I, I am genuinely proud of that, and and it as as a British person within the EU institutions, it was it was good to feel that we were seen as being really solid, concrete ad, adders of value.
0: Yeah, positive drivers. Tri- yeah, yeah
1: sure. and and you know. And that's not been universally the case, but in in in, in, in many areas of foreign policy, um, development policy, as you mentioned, and we should also mention trade policy. Yep, absolutely, um, you know, the UK's contribution has really taken the EU forward into areas where we weren't before, and, and you know this has been a massively positive influence. That's a great thing, and that's one of the things that makes me so angry about Brexit. Yeah, absolutely. because we're going to lose that. We're losing that incredible access. And that incredible leverage uh, that, we, that, 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 that we collectively have in, in, in yeah, shaping absolutely. our world—that's yeah, one of the reasons why I became an EU civil servant. Is I thought, you know, this is a way in which I can, you know, I can do something to help shape the world in, in a positive direction in my, you know, in my humble way. Uh, you know, what what a fantastic opportunity for British people to be able to be part of that greater thing and and and. and to walk away from that, what the fuck? And um, we you talked earlier about what Theresa May said in Munich. Can you just remind me what 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 what, what, what that but was? You, well,
0: she said that we that the UK would fi- finally. I don't. Uh, I'm not sure she said finally. She said that after Brexit, the UK would have an independent foreign policy. Yeah. Okay. So all right, all right. <laughs> what now,
1: David Davis?
0: I should say at this point as well. We could do, we could unusually do lie of the week on this because it's related. It's related to it, isn't it?
1: Well, before you do that, I want to yeah. finish my thought, which is yeah. that um, we're, we're we're now quite used to having the various members of the government say completely contradictory things in their speeches on Brexit. <laughs> David Davis today in Vienna uh, said the most astonishing made the most astonishing speech where he talked about um, regulatory alignment. And a race to the top and how basically what he did was he made a fantastic argument for staying in the single market (laughs) Uh, and and how much influence the UK has had in shaping EU regulations and standards (laughs) and in driving uh, global growth and global economic convergence and all of those things.
0: But I I mean, what I got from it was he was saying that they're going to be global standards, not European ones. Um, now, so it doesn't matter, because the Europeans will have no role whatsoever in setting the uh, They are global uh,
1: standards, and the reason they're global standards <laughs> is because you've got 28 humans. major exactly. economies which yes. have already already come together P- and collectively... Precisely.
0: Precisely. I mean, this is, is incredible, incredible, isn't it? This is, this is had our cake and eat it from Davis, isn't it? This is oh. ex-post cakeism, I think. Yeah.
1: I mean, and, and, and how this <laughs> is an argument for stepping back from all yeah. of that, I just really, honestly, I don't I just, oh, I despair, Steve. Yeah. I'm so yeah. depressed about this whole fucking Brexit business.
0: We should, we should say that tonight, actually, we're recording, it, we're recording in the evening, which we don't normally do, and both of us have had quite a hard day as well, so yeah. uh, if we're more morose and less fun than usual, uh, this, is, this is
1: why. Now, um, you were going to talk about Lie of the Week. Lie of the Week. Let's do Lie of the Week. Now, do, do your music. I don't believe you. Liar. Well, Steve,
0: Chris we have found
1: this one. So we have um, we have a we have a bunch of candidates this week, unusually, because of course there are so few lies most weeks. Um. Oh, you know what? I don't know if we should just. I think we should just kind of merge cakeism of the week and lie of the week and ignorance of the week and idiocy of the week because they're just they're all the same. They're all, so. Let's do, let's, do, let's do that one. Um, yeah, Which one? T- t- no, no, let, no, let's just conf, conf, conflate them. Yeah, let's do that. So, Theresa May, in her speech, the headline was... I love this. The EU should stop pissing about... I'm literally using her words here. Should stop pissing <laughs> us around <laughs> and start putting the security Ooh. of its citizens ahead of its ideology? Bazinga. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh. Hang on. Can we just go back to the Article 50 letter? Oh, That mentioned... That mentioned I did not tweet on this. The Article 50 mentioned... Er, the Article 50 letter actually repeatedly mentioned security, and it mentioned specifically how bad it would be for security if there was no deal. And then... And then we had 11 months of no deal is better than a bad deal, even in Florence, when the idea was to stop saying no deal is better than a bad deal, a journalist asked Theresa May if no deal was better than a bad deal, and she said yes. So the point of that speech was to assuage fears that the UK was actually, uh, was, was actually playing this uh, ridiculous strop of a, of a walkout, and when she was actually pushed about it, she just actually couldn't help herself. And she said no deal is better than a, than, a, than a bad deal, which... It isn't in any sense, but I think in security, more than ever. So this, and what and what the speech on security was was, she said that the UK had an unconditional commitment to it, and then she went on to say how it was conditional on a trade agreement in lots of different ways. I mean, this is really, this is really a bit of a. It's just,
1: it just enraged me. This enraged me, and, and a, it
0: enrages me. And actually, the sh- the real shame about it. The real shame about it was that actually what she said on security itself and security cooperation
1: wasn't actually unreasonable. Well, I want to come to that because there's, there's, there, the, this is, the thing is that there is a whole bunch of stuff here that is win-win and, and, and we shouldn't pretend that there is not a, a, a huge potential for cooperation. Yeah, Absolutely. Also outside the EU, and you know? a huge, but a huge
0: appetite for it from both and sides know, as well, well. Yeah,
1: I want to. I want to come to that. But let me just finish bitching about this awful piece of. This. So <laughs> Theresa May warns the EU not to put ideology before citizen safety. Um, by ideology here, I think she means rules. Rules and rules. This like, is, this like, is from, like the integrity of the single market. She's talking yeah. about the integrity yeah. of the single yeah. market. She wants yeah. a cake. Yeah, it's cake. It's cake. But this is the leader of the government that wants to uh, pull the UK out of Eurotom. <laughs> right? So we don't have... For no reason. For no reason. So I, we, we, pull, pull, we pull the UK out of Eurotom so we don't have, for example... Um, uh the same degree of access to uh radioactive isotopes that you can use in cancer treatments and in x ray machines and so on, so like citizens' safety, you know, from cancer, from uh who 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 um doesn't want you know I mean, I How are we going to run our nuclear power stations without inspectors coming in, the IAEA coming in? I mean, a
0: way will be found, but it'll be less convenient and more expensive, and there'll be no gain. I mean... But it isn't, no.
1: You can't say that this is contributing
0: to citizen safety. It is no, endangering. It's, it's, it it can but, only be negative. Like, yeah. It can only have negative consequences. I mean, I had this, which I think I mentioned in an article that I wrote a while ago. I, I was walking across the park in Park Leopold in Brussels, and I ran into uh, a colleague of mine who uh, is an energy expert... Now in the private sector. Um, And I hadn't seen him for a while. Chris is just, Chris is really good. Chris is, it's partly my fault for providing the wrong glass. (laughs) <laughs> but Chris has just poured the worst poured glass beer I've ever seen, actually. And oh my god! It's a Vesmala We're drinking we're drinking Vodette and double, I'm ashamed. Like the, oh, how many beer? years have
1: I been in Belgium? And yet I can. No, but I that's do actually shocking. have a Vesmala
0: glass, and I should have got it for you. But I was too I was too lazy when we switched from Vedette to we we'll I have to put get a photo to change of that the in a, in
1: a, in a, so, To shameful. be honest,
0: I, you shouldn't publish a photo of of, of a Vesmala double in a Vedette glass because that's already that's, just wrong, uh, that's isn't already it? yeah. I mean, that's so already a wrong, a, a that's thing. already a wrong and yeah. Oh shit! Put me in it as well for to avoid deniability. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what well, was on about breakfast and so on, I think I was talking about it, wasn't it? Um, you were too.
1: You were in the park, Leopold, and you. Ah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I was in the park, Leopold, and um, I bumped into a, 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 someone who I like very, very much. Who I get on with very, very well. And he saw me coming from from, from right, you know 40, forty meters away, and I'm a slow-moving land mammal. And when he got to about twenty meters away from me, he went. Alright Steve. Fucking Eurotom. What is the deal with that? Why would they fucking do? Di- Why would they fucking leave Eurotom? What the fuck harm was Eurotom doing? Where was Eurotom on the fucking ballot paper? Jesus Christ, Eurotom. I mean Fucking hell, we'll sort something out. But we're looking at we're looking at we're looking at five years of everybody, everybody in this in this area in the EU work, working on this to, to find just, a way to do, to get back to, to get back to where we are. I mean, the UK doesn't have a single objective.
1: It's not just Europe. I mean, just a, possibly...
0: just a drop in the ocean, Steve. The European arrest warrant.
1: You know, you well, could, well, no, no, but, this, got...
0: no, but this, this is kind of my, this is sort of my point about. This is sort of my point about the, the reasonableness of uh, of that in that in in aspects, the security speech was pretty reasonable. In that, she kind of went, "Oh yeah, you, you, European, yeah, we definitely want to be in the European Ref. We just wanna. don't leave." But at least she was t- she was taking a non-cake view of that. Actually, she <laughs> said, "European arrest warrant, and." Where that comes with ECJ jurisdiction, as, so long as it respects legal order in the UK, blah, 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 um, then we're going... I mean, she, cro- she, crossed a red, she crossed a stupid red line on the ECJ over that, which I really, hate to, I really hate to say it, but that was a change of policy, and it was a change of a stupid policy. The great question, I think... Um, who tweeted on this? I think Charles Tannock tweeted on this, that uh, she's accepted that... So she's accepted that there'll be an el- some el- some form or element of E C J direct or indirect jurisdiction over the things that uh, the UK opts back into. I mean, I think it would be indirect if it happens, but um, that the UK would want to opt back into in this area. But there are other things that it could opt back into that they say that they, they can't because of the E C J red line. So that's where that's where yeah. the inc- the inconsistency yeah. is. But but actually, in that ar- in that area it would have been fine, but she, she gave this incredible quote about ideology. I mean, what's the, what's the quote? I'm going to I'm going to read the quote again. Uh, that, yeah that the eu must not put citizen security ahead of ideology well, it's just, the eu it's should, just offensive the eu responded <laughs> it didn't but the eu should the, the eu responds to that, and the response of remain should be that the u k should not put citizens' prosperity ahead of ideology or, or security or, 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 or nuclear stability. fuel or uh, and, and so on and so forth i mean this is i mean brexit is at, at this point a purely ideological thing purely. I mean because there are no possible up, I mean, there are no upsides to it. We've seen that
1: the... It's a religion, It's the Great Leap Backward. It's a cultural yeah. revolution.
0: And we've seen that these marvellous, you know, these, these amazing trade deals that we're going to have, we've seen what the projections say about these. We've seen how little, how little difference they make. They're a positive thing. They should be pursued where possible. But uh, they're, not going to, they're not going to make a... It's a faith-based of, it's, it's, a, project. it's a faith-based policy as Damien Green... Yes. Told the BBC the other day that there that are ministers who are, who are using faith based, faith policy making, yeah. which is an absolute cho- an absolute absolute shocker. Um, anyway,
1: so so you know Theresa May, um, you know it was it was cakeism. It was offensive. It was, it was, it was really it, 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 yeah, put my back up. you may, you may, you may tell.
0: Well, one, it, one of my thing, one of my things that, that it really put my back up about was the linking it to the linking it to trade as well, and saying if we can find innovative solutions in security, then we can find innovative yeah. solutions to trade. Because it's re, it's a real apples and oranges thing. We're really not comparing like with like. There. The legal order as related to foreign policy, is is very very light and much
1: less exclusive than the legal order related to to trade. You know, the, the time has come for me to. Approach this. Um, This is something that I wanted to get to, and I think now's the moment. The UK has approached all of this from the angle that it's great trump card, the Joker that it's holding is security, right? Um, And that's almost axiomatic; it's taken as read that the UK's Um, poker I mean the UK's poker hand the the, the hand that it's holding is well listen you know you need us on security and if you can give us what we want on trade then you know we might help you out on security and um, what I want to say is that I I believe that the UK is massively overplaying that hand um, and is seriously overestimating its influence in that regard the UK is an important security partner and is a partner that the EU is going to want to continue to work with in the future. But let's not kid ourselves. The The rest of the EU isn't free-riding on the UK's um, security prowess. Um, when you look at CSDP operations, common security defence policy operations, the UK is very far from being the prominent player um the French are probably, I would say, but there's a whole bunch of other EU member states that are also very active. The UK has taken the lead in one CSDP operation, which is Operation Atalanta, which is headquartered in Northwood and oh. Middlesex. Uh, that's the operation, that's a CSDP DP naval operation um, in, the, um, in the Indian Ocean and the Red Sea to combat um, piracy. Um, it's, it's it's very successful, very successful. mission successful. as well actually yes, and well. um the u k took the lead uh, took, took, took took the lead in that you know and that that's fantastic but um that's just one out of um quite a number of e u military operations well, um so look. I, do,
0: I have this, i have this great tweet which um i think has been referred to as the best tweet of all time on brexit by by a few people
1: um it's think, mine right
0: <laughs> of course obviously <laughs> It's actually by um, uh, Thomas Thomas Cogley, uh, who is at Johnny Johnny Pixels, but we'll put the, we'll put their fun though. Yeah, I know absolutely. Actually, hang on,
1: I haven't even seen this. Would
0: you? Uh, I'm useless at Twitter. Well, it's because you should you should do what I do and just you know read and retweet David Alan Green every day. I do. <laughs> we Can missed I? this. This one. Uh, I think he called. Yes, he called this the the, the best. Uh, I'll just read it verbatim, because it's outstanding. The EU de- EU lays down a royal flush, UK looks at own cards, Mr. Bun the Baker, Pikachu, a Shadow <laughs> Bones, a Fireball spell, and the fool. Nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely nailed it. That's outstanding. Should I read it again? It's yeah, so good. It again. I'm going to read it again. EU lays down royal flush, UK looks at own cards, Mr. Bun the Baker, Pikachu, a Shadow Mage, a Fireball spell, and the fool.
1: Well, somebody else said something... So what is
0: a shadow mage? A shadow... Oh, really?
1: Oh, I mean, very briefly. Um, a shadow mage would be um, a wizard who is on the dark side and so um, has powers in the sort of shadow... Don't, is, no, don't ask me, Steve. It is this ironic is, that I do look a bit like wizard is, and it's I can't. Very and I can't ironic, you a look, look like a like massive D&D LARPer and, in fact, you know nothing. You don't even know what that means, do I you? I had a
0: great tweet. No, I, the, the, I, had a, I had a great tweet, though, from... Um, uh, after I can't remember which... Yeah, I'd, I'd been on the TV, and, yes. so, and was it Peter Foster? It was. So, it was, it was somebody,
1: brilliant. It was somebody. Loved
0: it. it was somebody. It was an. It was a political editor of a paper, right? Eh? <laughs> was yes. I think. What? I think it was PMD Foster. Eh? It it somebody Peter Foster. said the, 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 the,
1: the, the guy off. Um,
0: no, no, they said they said there, there's a real live Wookiee on Newsnight
1: tonight. I don't remember Wookie. You look like an, You look like a <laughs> proper wizard. You look like a D and D larpa, and I find it I have no idea unbelievable what you're about. That you don't know what I'm talking about. Listen, I find um, it
0: Somebody, you thought my thing about the amplifier was niche,
1: Steve. <laughs> that 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 is, fanta- that is a fantastic tweet. I concede. Um, somebody else, and I wish I could remember who it was, said something along the similar lines, which is that the um, EU is playing chess while the UK is playing draughts, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> same draughts. It's like snap. Yeah. It's not even using the same equipment. That's the thing. You
1: know? Exactly, it was something along those lines. But I mean, it, 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 they're all hitting a very important point here, which is that, and it's what we've discussed also in our two previous episodes, which is that the two are just speaking different languages.
0: Yeah, absolutely. An unconditional guarantee on un- unconditional guarantee of cooperation and security mean a bit. That's not a language thing. That's unconditional guarantee of cooperation on, mm. on security. That's saying we want to do exactly what we're doing now, and nothing will change, and we're willing to do whatever's necessary to do that. Because as soon as you're not willing to do whatever's necessary within, re- within reason, fair enough, but as soon as you're not willing to do whatever's necessary to do that, it's not an unconditional guarantee. Right. It's a
1: specifically a conditional exactly. guarantee. Unconditional means you're not using that as some kind of poker chip. Brexit means hand. Brexit. Unconditional means unconditional. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't use security as a as 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 a, a negotiating tactic as as, as leverage. Um, if you're going to do that, um, then it's no longer unconditional, is it?
0: Speaking of speaking of this, speaking of unconditional and leverage and negotiating leverage, um, I saw that uh, Politico today reported uh, from senior sources in the UK government. The the plan to withhold divorce p- divorce settlement payments was sort of back in play in oh, in cabinet. Seriously, and that um,
1: this is it. You know, again, well, that, all that, that does, and that, is and, that,
0: and, that, and that it would be de- and that it would be dependent on the agreement of a trade deal as part of the as part of the ex agreements. So they're still do, they're Brilliant. still do, they're still doing the we Brilliant. can we can do it we can do a binding trade deal a legally binding Brilliant. trade deal. Um, by the end of the Article 50 period, which, which was ne- which was never possible, but 13 months out from the end of the Article 50 period is a- absolutely oh, absolutely not possible. All that does is destroy your
1: credibility.
0: And actually, there's been something of a drive to try to increase the credibility. I mean, I think the elements of May's speech were an attempt to increase credibility, um, and to and to, no, no, I mean, I think the the, the but mean, know, but the,
1: con- the content might have been, but the, the framing, the
0: framing was dreadful. Was was yeah. was, 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 and then yeah, all but, the this people stuff saw, the, it. but the people that I mean, there, was one, there is one. I can't believe I've, I've pushed myself into a corner of defending Theresa May here, but the, but the, the people that you've really speaking, the decision makers that you're speaking to in that in that speech know that there'll be political framing for the for the for the home audience, um, and <laughs> what they're glad about is that the entire speech wasn't playing to the home audience, which previous speeches have.
1: But as we said know. last time, uh, during the last episode. The people that she's speaking to understand that there's political framing. The shock (laughs) is that the political framing... That she's not political framing. The political framing (laughs) seems to infect also the content, and um, it then becomes impossible to unpick the the, the real content, the serious content from from the framing, Uh, and and the whole thing just gets lost in a welter of inconsistency and non-credibility, and you just lose faith, You lose trust, you lose goodwill, and you are where you are. Yeah. Shall Look, we we, we, we sh- haven't even got to the most serious lie of the week yet. Oh yes, yes. oh uh, I mean this is the corker, actually. The a lie of the week from the commandant of cakeism, the the grand gâteau, <laughs> the master the, of the lodge of the grand the, gâteau. at this Kuchen. <laughs> Boris Johnson,
0: Dare cake, Meister. Boris Johnson, <laughs> I've got to beat that out again now. Shit. What did you say? <laughs> a moment on the lips, five minutes in the editing room. <laughs> Thanks, I'm to, sorry, Steve. You're, right.
1: you're going to have a busy, you're going to have a busy time. So, Steve, live of the week. I'm quoting Faisal Islam here directly. Asked by Emily Thornberry, how to square. Customs Union single market exit with no Irish border. Boris Johnson, that's Foreign <laughs> Secretary Boris Johnson. Fuck that's another added point. Jeez. <laughs> replies There's no reason whatsoever why we should not be able to exit both the customs union and single market whilst maintaining frictionless trade north south in Northern Ireland and across the rest of continental Europe as well. Chris, right? what,
0: in a nutshell, what would you say? the point of the single market and the customs union are, with regard to borders.
1: The single, <laughs> would would, you know, would the it thing, be to set up
0: frictionless <laughs> trade?
1: <laughs> would it be frictionless trade, Steve?
0: I think it would be frictionless trade. It is, if you like, and I think somebody pointed out in one of your tweets that, twi- tweets that <laughs> the single market is, is, is the lubricant that enables borders to be frictionless.
1: Oh, that was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was... Um, and, and, and my, to which my response was, yeah, I think there's going to be quite a lot of lube needed um, yeah. post-Brexit. Well, particularly as Boris keeps putting sand in it as well. you so. There's no reason whatsoever why we should not be able to consume the entire cake whilst maintaining the entire cake there on the plate in front of us as well. <laughs> I mean, I just
0: appalling huh? it. This is, this is re- We're laughing about it, but this is actually really, really, this is dreadful. This is really, really dreadful because we know it's the only solution for Northern Ireland to to remain in the single market and customs union, customs union. That's that's the only solution to this, right? Yeah, and the, the whole of the UK doesn't. It would be better, I think, all round if it did. Yeah, um, but for good reasons. And actually, the I have to say that the uh, the unionist reasons for not wanting a border in the border in the sea actually should, you know, all all people who uh, all citizens of the of of the UK should be worried
1: by there being a border between parts of the UK as well. We don't want a border. You know I mean? We don't want a border in the sea. But the point is, you know, we don't want a border anywhere in yeah, the well, Europe. I mean, <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, you know, if you can have a border. Um, have it at the external customs. You know, customs union. Well, as far um, away
0: from you as possible as well. It's ideal, but yeah, we have a different view on this. So, so this is really, this is really, really bad. And this is in the same week that we had. I think it's fair to say a sustained,
1: maybe not yeah. sustained, a coordinated attack on the Good Friday Agreement. I mean, it's really, it's really serious stuff. It's really serious and this stuff. Is really, and 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 I want to quote here an, another um, tweet of my own that I um, so Nick Reeves, um, Twitter legend, mm. um, follow Nick Reeves, he's very very good, said that um, link link to it, link to a, uh, a survey which shows that. Almost ninety percent of Tory leavers think that the collapse of the Northern Ireland peace process would be acceptable collateral damage, on the Jesus. way to a clean Brexit. Ninety-two percent of Tory leavers think Scottish independence would be a price worth paying. And well, the, they're going to be well, they're going to be pleased about that, I think. in In the in, well, in, the, the,
0: in point, the medium term, I have to say. But. The important
1: point that I want to make, Steve, we were just talking earlier about how um, we are comfortable in our European and in our British identities, and we don't see. A, any kind of conflict there, and, and, and I'm proud of being uh, British and European and, and the role that Britain has played in Europe. And um, what I'm saying is that these people are a far, far greater threat to the United Kingdom and to our country than anything that but Brussels then, has ever done or have been accused of doing. But, the, I mean, the ultra end of leave, I mean, the Brexit ultras
0: are... I mean, this is English... They're not British. They're not a British phenomenon. They're an English. they an English
1: phenomenon. But even England. It, however, however you break it down, this is this, this 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 is what we've been just talking about all evening. Steve is is, is what we're doing is we're walking away from influence. We're walking away from um, from all of those things that make us proud to be who we are. All those things that made me feel a little, you know, feel uh, emotion. Um, when I watched the um, 2012 opening ceremony, for example, yeah, and what they're doing is, it's not just my identity and how I identify as a British person, it is the physical reality of the United Kingdom is being threatened by these extremist Braxists who want to undermine the, the, the Good Friday Agreement and, and, and undermine oh, Scotland, isn't it?
0: A... Oh, I mean, I think it's absolutely beyond... I think it's beyond threatened. I mean, I think the... the... I think it's very unlikely that in ten years the UK will be in the uh, will have the arrangement that it that it, that it yeah. currently has. I think there's a difference with the a difference with the Good Friday Agreement. is that, it has the potential to. And we shouldn't. Uh,
1: there's no there's no joking about this. It, no, there's there, no joke about it. It could go seriously it pear
0: could, shaped. It could go it could go it he, could go seriously pear shaped. And but it's not just into ter- it's not just in terms of violence. I mean, it could go very very pear shaped in, in terms of violence. But these are the people who talk about sovereignty and the will of the people more than anyone. Yeah. And Ireland is a sovereign state, which they don't seem to accept. I mean, I, I think I think that's at the root of it is that they think that uh, they think that Ireland is uh, should 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 still be part of, it, of it. Yeah, yeah it's a breakaway region of the empire. I think is the way that they is the way that they think about. it. I mean, I think they really hate that it has a UN seat and mm. uh, and so on. You know, for um, so they forget this. And they forget that there were two referendums yeah. on the Good Friday Agreement, with. <laughs> and they told when when the UK when Leave said the UK voted overwhelmingly. The UK didn't vote overwhelmingly for Brexit, in the least. <clears throat> I mean, we were within a margin of error in polling in polling terms. Um, but the the referendum in uh, in both North, referendums in both Northern Ireland. And an island on the Good Friday Agreement were utterly overwhelming, yeah. and there is no evidence whatsoever that support de- support has declined in, in the interim. No. I mean, for these people to then I'm going on a rant here, aren't I? But for these That's people to invoke the fucking will of people and sovereignty at the same time as saying, "Yeah, fuck the Good Friday Agreement," and you know what? I'm I'm going to say it as well because this is what they're really saying. Like, this is, I'm going to get to stick for this, but what they're really saying is it doesn't fucking matter. Does it? It's just a load of patties and mix. That's what they're really saying.
1: they well, well, it me, doesn't Let me fucking put that matter. in slightly more um, uh, measured terms. Uh, <laughs> what, what they are I'm saying... I'm quite annoyed by this. What they are saying, and we, I think we could we could dedicate at least one entire podcast to this, Stephen. I think we should. What they are saying is that Westminster is special. Yeah. They are exceptionalists. Special Westminster Snowflakes. is special. And any other tier of government doesn't have the same legitimacy, or any legitimacy, it, whether it, it's Brussels, it, or Hertfordshire County Council, or Not even or any other tier of government, any
0: other government. I mean,
1: the Irish government, no. the former Irish government. Nothing. Have, yeah. Nothing has the same degree of exceptional no. specialness as their special. precious fucking... Makes me, This makes me so goddamn cross. This, is, this, is, this winds me up. And this brings us to our final um, lie of the week. L- ah. Is it lie or is it just fucking stupidity, moronic stupidity? Well, I've called it ignorant cluelessness, but whatever you know, whatever floats. I, you boat.
0: I'd go further than that. I'd say it's <laughs> moronic stupidity because it's dangerous. We need stronger words. It's not just somebody being mistaken. There's, I mean, there's dangerous stuff. It's...
1: There, there is. There is. I think that there, there's. We saw it today in this um, video that was being circulated of Julie Hart Brewer, <laughs> and I'm not going to link this now because she doesn't deserve the oxygen. Um, but um, there well, well this... I've, I've I've tweeted it anyway. So if, yeah. you, if you if you if you Google Julia Hartley Brewer and
0: Katamu, you'll 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 find it with some comment from me. On
1: it. the, the, it's this blithe ignorance that exists within this Brexit echo chamber, where they're simply not being challenged, um, or they're, what they're not they're not listening to challenges. They're not accepting challenges, and um, I think that this is from the same stable. So former Tory treasurer Lord Marland was talking up uh, Brexit and the huge opportunities that exist for trade agreements with Commonwealth countries. And he said Singapore would not be a problem. Singapore, there's a whole other discussion there about Singapore, but um, uh, to do with um, the complexity of EU trade policy (laughs) and the role of the Court of Justice, but I'm getting distracted. But but we can allow them that you might even have a point, though. So Singapore would not be a problem. Malta would not. (laughs) <laughs> Cyprus would be fine alright gang <laughs> we, we, Singapore slice Walter, of cake to Cyprus. the first person who can spot the obvious mistake
0: in, in this yeah. sentence the two obvious mistakes in, in the sentence
1: which, which, which of those three countries are members of the EU <laughs> more than half of the countries you mentioned
0: in that quote are members of the EU
1: and would therefore by definition be a problem <laughs> when it comes to
0: trade agreements <laughs> I mean, this is really... I I mean, how can we get yeah. to this? Oh. Why could, Why don't people Google? I just don't get why people no, how
1: Google. How can anybody in politics not know which country's a member of the trade bloc that you're in? I mean, oh, how can anybody oh, know that? Come on, I mean, oh,
0: there are 27. I mean, can you name more? Can you yeah, name? of course I can name
1: them all. Yeah I, can,
0: yeah, I can as well, actually. I can, No, I can name them all as well, actually, quite easily, yeah. Pennsylvania, uh, it gets missed out. But apart, I mean... I know I can. I can obviously name them all. I mean, but come then, but, on! Yeah, but then I can visualize the protocol order going around the table. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, not everyone get. It, not everyone has the same the, the same thing in their head. But,
1: all right, okay. We we you know we we work, I mean, but come on, this is not hard stuff. I mean, it's so if not. So even politicians
0: hard. and policy makers. I mean, they should know this. They really or, should or, know this. Or they should have a little card in their inside. If they're going to talk about it, they should have a little card. And don't it, open your gob
1: and stuff. I mean, come
0: on. But I think this is the thing. It's the blithe. It's the about Because like with. Ireland for the the Irish border, Irish Northern Ireland border, for the Ultras. Fundamentally, it doesn't fucking matter. They don't give a fuck who's a member of the EU and who isn't a member of the EU. They don't give a fuck no. about the Northern Ireland border and Good Friday Agreement because it doesn't actually matter to them. And somebody did a great thread which I haven't got up actually, but I will fi- I will absolutely find because it's a very, very, very good thread. And it was arguing that the the um what the um what the what Brexiters really hate is, in fact, uh, rules and complexity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is what yeah. You saw this thread I as did. well. Very this was good. a really, yeah. really fantastic thread on the psychology of it. And yeah. th- so, actually, it's not about, it's not about re- the red table make companies more efficient or make trade more efficient or any of that kind of thing. It's that the world is complicated now and they don't like it. Yeah. the world's complicated and because the world's complicated you have to have rules you have automated financial transactions being carried out at the rate of hundreds of thousands per second it's complicated you have to have complicated rules uh, to regulate that sort of that, that sort of stuff um, so what they really want have you found the actual thread that's yeah. brilliant it's by Gareth Hayes um, who is at uh, Gareth Hayes very helpfully <laughs> with two R's which is really really helpful Um and it is an absolutely brilliant thread which I really would like everybody to everybody to read. And I want to applaud Gareth Hayes for it because he oh, okay. well, he
1: got he got a shitload of retweets, so Well but on. I think
0: it was a really, really modest one. And what they what they imagined the past, because it was because it was simple. All things bright and beautiful, the rich man out of window, <laughs> the poor man out of gate, everyone had a place in society, everyone had everyone had a clearly clearly defined role. Um there weren't lots of things you had to do. There weren't lots of forms that normal people had to had to hand in. People received wage wage packets in cash <laughs> uh, with a with a little slip, you know. And life and life was simple. The point is, the world's moved on, and life isn't simple. Uh, and we're not going to get a return to that. They're going to be really they're going to be really upset. And but that's what a lot of this sort of race to the bottom is: is that there's an assumption that all rules all rules must be bad. And there's this sort of libertarian el- libertarian element to it, but at the same time, they want to be massively authoritarian about things that they don't like. It's you um, know, so you have this as as the far, as for the far right always do they're very selectively oh, very selectively libertarian. Conflicted.
1: But it's a really great thread that I wanted to mention. Then. Uh, good good mention, Steve. We'll, we'll link that. Listen, um, breaking news. Oh, live! This is live. Yeah. It's very important. Live on air. the results of my poll on which post-apocalyptic dystopia Brexit Britain is going to most resemble.
0: Oh, my God, I'm sitting here with with bated breath. My breath has never
1: been so bated. We had 232 votes. That's quite a lot. It is quite a lot. People are idiots. Uh, (laughs) Stop saying that. The options were Mad Max, Hunger Games, The Road and The Handmaid's Tale. Um, and it was a pretty even contest. I really hope the winner
0: of one that I know.
1: So the in last place with only twelve percent of votes is Mad Max. So you Damn. all you all agree you all agree with David Davis. Yeah, brilliant. Well done, everyone. Brexit is not going to be a Mad Max dystopia. In third place, The Handmaid's Tale, because that's Trump's uh, dystopia. It's not ours. Yeah. In second place. With thirty two percent is the road.
0: This is a very grim one that that meme with the uh yeah. with the a shopping, with the shopping, and, the shopping cannibalism and
1: just general, you know, just, I think
0: my favorite one, my favourite one of all of those memes, and I think it's the most famous as well, is the the little boy saying, Dad, that rat tasted funny. And he's saying, But fun, blue passports
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and did the you winner. That, did you feel that the? Oh go no! Sorry, do the winner. Sorry, it was a bad time to interrupt. The winner is the Hunger Games. Hunger Games, which isn't really even post-apocalyptic, so
0: pretty gaffy. It's suboptimal, though. Yeah. I think we can say it.
1: I guess what we're what we're saying there is the the, the heinous and egregious inequality. Yes. Uh, where um, capital city is just fine. Yeah, and puts on television. Spectac- spectacles and um, districts northeast, with its sixteen percent recession and, and others. Basically, people from Sunderland eat yeah. people from
0: uh, from South Shields Yeah, that's 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 what the people have said. Yeah, that's so, grim. On that note, <laughs> on that note. So that's it for another yeah. week in landia
1: Yeah, I think I think we should. I think that's a wrap. Uh, I, you know, we, what we've done is stray ridiculously beyond the half hour that we had kind of allocated for ourselves. So you've got either a massive, massive editing job, Steve, or this is gonna be ridiculously long. Probably both. But anyway.
0: I think yeah, I think there'll be a bit I think there'll be a bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> going on. Yeah. Been good? Yep.